morning. My name is David Soren. I'm the lead pastor of Renovation Church. Hey, I don't know if you've <clears throat> ever read C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia before, but they are incredible. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Some of the only books I've actually uh, read more than once. Uh, my twins uh, right now are seven years old, and so we felt like they were old enough to start going through them. So this year, actually, we started uh, kind of in spring, right, right around March when the virus hit. We started going through the Chronicles of Narnia, and I read them to them. It's just been an incredible experience. Uh, if you're only vaguely familiar with the Chronicles of Narnia, that's the first book is The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Maybe you've heard of that. Uh, it's these stories where these children are uh, magically transported to this magical land of Narnia where the animals can talk. And there's this famous lion called Aslan. And the lion Aslan is representative of Jesus Christ. And the way that uh, C.S. Lewis writes for Aslan is just absolutely incredible. It will bring you to tears and it will enlarge your heart for Jesus. Well, <clears throat> speaking of these books, there's this great scene uh, in the second book, Prince Caspian, where the four main children, they go, they go back to Narnia. And when they're there, the, the youngest of the four, Lucy, she spots Aslan for the first time in a long time. In fact, I'm going to read to you right out of, of Prince Caspian. I'm going to read this scene to you. Here's what happens. Aslan, Aslan, dear Aslan, sobbed Lucy, at last... The great animal rolled over on his side so that Lucy fell, half sitting and half lying between his front paws. He bent forward and just touched her nose with his tongue. His warm breath came all round her. She gazed up into his large, wise face. Welcome, child, he said. Aslan, said Lucy, you're bigger. That is because you are older, little one, answered he. Not because you are, I am not. But every year you grow you will find me bigger. And it's just great imagery of our walk with Jesus. When you grow in your understanding of Jesus, he will be bigger to you. Uh, this morning, as we continue in our Songs from the Heart series, as we're going through um, some selected psalms from the Bible, we're going to cover a psalm of praise. So go ahead, uh, find a Bible. We're going to be in Psalm 145. If you need to pause this while you go run and get a Bible, that's totally cool. Or you can use our Renovation Church app. You just have Bible and weekly verses, and you can follow along there as well. Uh, psalm 145 is a psalm that's just rich with praise for God. And I want you to see that the more that you meditate on, the more that you think on all of the reasons that God is praiseworthy, the more it will actually enlarge your view of who God is. Okay, let's start taking a look at Psalm 145, starting right at verse 1. <clears throat> we'll just go right through verse 3 here at the beginning. Uh, the writer David says this, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Uh, before we go any further, let me tell you something really cool about Psalm 145. Uh, this is something that you, you actually could read Psalm 145 in English 1,000 times and never actually figure this out about the passage. In its original language, uh, which is Hebrew, because the psalm was written in Hebrew, Psalm 145 is actually an acrostic where each line of the passage starts with a different letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And so if Psalm 145 were originally written in English, it would be like the first line starting with A, the second line starting with B, the third line starting with C, and so on and so forth. It's really actually kind of cool. And King David, who's the writer, is trying to show you just how exhaustive the list of reasons 
to praise God is, all the way from A to Z. John Kessler from the Moody Bible Institute, uh, he calls this psalm the ABCs of praise. In fact, verse 3 says that the, all of the reasons that we have to praise God, that list is so exhaustive. God's greatness is so big that your brain literally can't even fathom it. Like I want you to think, what is the greatest thing on earth that you can think of? The Bible is saying God's greatness is infinitely greater than that. Okay, let's keep reading. <clears throat> Psalm uh, 145, verse 4 now. It says, One generation commends your works to another, and they tell your mighty acts. They speak <clears throat> the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim <clears throat> your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. So this is really a section about one generation telling of God's greatness to another generation. Uh, to all of you watching this that have served so faithfully in Renovation Kids, thank you. You've, you're living out this psalm. You're telling the next generation of God's goodness. To all of you that are raising your kids to love God, love his word, thank you. You're living out this psalm, telling the next generation about God's greatness and his goodness. You know, one of the things I've kind of been uh, oddly struck by in this series so far is for every psalm that we've chosen, I've known a, a song uh, to go with it. And it's completely unintentional. I think sometimes we don't even realize how much scripture that we know uh, just from song. And it's a great song. It was Psalm 145. It's, a, it's an old song by Shane and Shane. And it's, if you want to look it up, it's literally just called Psalm 145. Look it up. Listen to it all the way through. Because psalms, or songs rather, sort of synonymous I guess, songs are such a good way to memorize scripture. Especially if you want to do what this passage says and you want to pass the greatness of God on to the next generation. You know, I, <clears throat> I swear my wife, who grew up in church, knows a ton of different Bible verses just by listening to Salty the Singing Songbook as a kid. Shout out to everybody who grew up in, grew up in church. Uh, and there are a lot of resources like that for kids, whether it's Salty or Awana, ways that you can learn songs so that you can learn scripture. Songs are a great way to commend God's works to the next generation, as Psalm 145 says. But you know what else is really good? I think story is also really good. To all the kids that are watching this right now, I want you to do me a favor. So kids, listen up. When the service is over, I want you to look at your mom or your dad, and I want you to ask them to tell you about a time that God did something good in their lives, where God just worked amazingly in their lives. And parents, I want you to live out what this passage says. Talk about the greatness of God. Pass it on to the next generation. It's just such power in story. It's one of the reasons why we always did faith stories in house groups. Such power in story. Uh, about a year ago, I made a, a parenting decision I, th I think has been really helpful. And I just made this decision that whenever I hear any cool God story, whether it be like something I hear on the radio or it's in a message or it's from a friend or I heard it at work or I read it in the Christian post, whenever I saw like any or hear any sort of God story, I tell it to my kids later that night, whether it's at dinner or at bedtime, I, I want to pass on to them real life stories of God's goodness in the present. So not just passing on good biblical theology and Bible stories, but passing on God's goodness in the present right now. 
And as you sing and you tell stories of God's goodness from A to Z, what happens is God will grow in your eyes and in your kids' eyes, just like Aslan the lion did for Lucy, the more she understood his greatness. Okay, let's keep reading. We're at verse 8 now. It says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He's slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. And remember, this is a psalm about the ABCs of praise. So it's, it's, it's a bit of an exhaustive treaty on all of the many, many different ways that God is good. So God isn't good simply because he's powerful and can do miracles. He's good because he's compassionate and he's slow to anger. He's rich in love. He's good because you and I are deserving of his righteous justice. For all of our wickedness and evil and sin and rebellion, what we deserve is hell. And yet, God was not quick to anger. He was slow to anger. He's rich in love and mercy. And he had compassion on us. His love for you is so deep that he sent his own son to die on the cross for you. And if you're hearing this, and maybe you're just kind of newer to church and you're just checking this out, or a friend shared this with you, know this. You don't earn your way to God just by making up all of your bad deeds and being good enough. You earn it by accepting the gift that Jesus gave to you on the cross, that he died in your place for your sins. And if you would believe in that, he would not only forgive you, offer you eternal life in heaven, but you can start a personal relationship with him. I mean, that is just so rich in love and compassion. That's how great God is. Enlarge your picture of how big God is and how amazing he is by praising him. Okay, verse 10 now. It says, all your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. So it says, it's saying that God's people, we are to tell of his glory. We are to speak of his might. So in praising him, it's not just a personal thing between us and God. It's that we are to speak out of God's goodness. Now, I have a Christian friend that I uh, really respect that I think is really good at this. And I'm going to give you a little window into his life. And maybe you can use this more in your own life as you think about what it means to just praise God evangelistically in front of other people. So, for example, when people come up to him and they say, hey, uh, how, how are you doing? Hey, how, how's it going? You know, most of us say, good, right? He, he always throws something ever so small about God in there. So he'll say, oh, it's good. You know, God's been really good. That's it. That's all he says. Or this guy, he's, he's, his business has been pretty successful. So people will come up to him and they say, how, how have you just been so successful in business? It looks like it's really taken off. And he'll say, you know, it's just a lot of hard work. I hired some really good people, and I just feel like uh, God's been really good and faithful to our business. That's all he says. He doesn't go into some big theological treaties about God's sovereignty in front of people. He just, he's just praising God in front of other people. You'd be amazed how much the Lord can use that. He really can. All right, let's read through the rest of the psalm. I, honestly, I wish I had more time to cover this. One of the things I want you to do this week is just take some time, maybe in your devotional life or your quiet time, to just read through Psalm 145. So here's uh, verses, the end of 13 through 21. It says, The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts all who are bowed down. 
The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him. Would you just hear that right now? Some of you just need to hear that. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. So when you start walking through the A all the way down to the Z of this psalm, you see God's greatness is so big, you can't even fathom fathom it. And his greatness passes on from one generation to the next generation. We see that he is rich in kindness and love and mercy, and we ought to talk about it in front of other people. But we also see that the same great, great God is also near to us, and he hears us. He hears your cry. When you're lying in bed at night, staring at the ceiling because you can't sleep, he's with you. When you're, when you're driving to work and you're so frustrated because life has been so hard and you're just pounding the steering wheel, he hears your cry. That's who God is. I mean, I just love the comprehensiveness of this psalm, right? That God is so great and so big that he created the universe. And yet he is so loving and so caring that he's in the room with you right now. God is so powerful that he can create a black hole that can destroy a planet. And yet he's so tender and compassionate that he weeps with you in your pain. That's who God is. And when you think about his greatness and you praise him for his greatness, it enlarges your view of him. You know, I've been thinking about this this week in my own life. Um, We are getting closer and closer, kind of as Garrett said, to the end of our building project, of our building being finished. And there are days in my life where it's just incredibly stressful. You know, uh, managing a five and a half to six million dollar building project, you might assume, and you would be right, that things go wrong. Every day. Every day there are three to four things that just go wrong and we got to fix and we got to figure out, okay, do we have the money to do this? We got to adjust the schedule and move this person here and oh, if we fix this, then we can't do this if we add this and the stress of it is heavy. And there's been a number of days over the last couple of weeks where I, I wake up at three in the morning and all of a sudden my heart is just beating really fast and I, I'm feeling the stress and the weight of all of these decisions for our church. And I've just been trying to live this psalm out this week. So one of the things I, I've tried to do this week when I wake up at three in the morning and I'm, I'm feeling the weight of trying to finish this project is I just, rather than trying to worry it out, I just started praising God at three in the morning. And I, I close my eyes and I just say, God, you are good. You love me. You love Renovation Church. God, you have been so faithful in this project. You are big. This is possible for you. God, you can do absolutely incredible things. And Lord, we believe in you and we trust you. And Father, one of the things is that you are good even when the lights go out. And we trust you. And you know what happens for me is when that happens, and I think of God's greatness, 
the lion of Jesus gets bigger for me. And when the lion of Jesus gets bigger, my fears grow smaller. And I pray that happens to you as you enlarge your view of who God is through praise. Let me pray. Lord, we just thank you so much that you are big and you are amazing. God, may we praise you and may you grow bigger in our eyes as we praise you. Lord, I ask that you be with us as we try and figure these things out in this service now. I ask God as we praise you in this last song that you, you grow bigger in our eyes and that we see your majesty, your goodness, your power, your might, but also just the richness of love and mercy you have for us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.